Welcome to Awfully Good Waffle. I'm Jindy and I'm joined by Trish and Seabus today. Guys, it's episode six already. Can we believe it? No. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) We were just saying 10 weeks of lockdown and six weeks of doing this. I'm actually really grateful for like this kind of like little powwow that we have. Yeah, Um, I think I would have gone crazy without you guys. Cute. Um, So I think we've got a juicy one today. Um, We're delving into the mother-daughter relationship, um, spilling some tea in our personal lives on what was good, bad or indifferent. Um, And hopefully there's some things that we say along the way that you guys can relate to. Um, Later, we're going to have a little game of Never Would I Ever, also on the mother-daughter theme. Um, and we're basically going to reveal what we've learned from one of the most powerful role models a female can actually have in life. So with that said, Trish, how do you think your relationship with your mum's shaped who you are today? Do you know what? I was thinking about this since we decided we were going to bring it up on the pod. And it's one of those things that you don't think about it until you've actually sat back and thought about it. And mm. one of the things that I came away with is that I feel like I'm actually quite fortunate that my relationship with my mum is actually really positive. Don't get me wrong, we've definitely had moments, especially in my teens, and I'm sure even nowadays that will clash and stuff where, you know, we have disagreements or we kind of butt heads. But on the whole, like, I realised she actually really does a lot for me. And so last week, guys, just to confess, when I couldn't record on the Thursdays because my mum's a qualified massage therapist and she gave me, like, a whole body massage for, like, an hour and a half with, like, essential oils, candles. We had the music playing. And literally, I was like, I didn't know how much I needed this until I actually had it. It was, like, literally the perfect evening. Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. But it was when she was, like, giving me the massage, I was just thinking of, like, all the stuff she's done for me and how supportive she's been. And I remember when I was 20 and I found out I was pregnant and I was really scared to tell anyone. I told her. And the fact that she was so supportive and she was just like, okay, good. Like, really congratulatory. Like, I was expecting, like, backlash or... (laughs) to say no what are you doing with your life and that kind of stuff and I think also talking of motherhood like when I became a mum as well is when I just realized how much growing up that she must have sacrificed um how much she's done for me my brother and sister and just I remember thinking like how has she done childbirth three times because lord knows it's not easy (laughs) I had one and I was just like I'm not doing this again I mean I say this now I'm sure at some point I will but it is a lot and I think my biggest takeaway is that I probably don't say it enough, but I am very appreciative of all she's done for me and for my daughter. Like, she's a great mom. She's a great grandma. I'm not saying by any means that she's perfect. We've definitely, like, had our arguments over the years, but it's really made me think a lot of the time, you know, how I want to be as a mom and how I want to be as a woman and what she's done in her life and how she's shaped it and just how can I always do her proud? So I realise that everyone's is different, though, so... Jindy, how does your relationship with your mum shape you for better or for worse? So I obviously thought about this before and I had like a panic about 11 o'clock this morning where I was just like, that's so negative. How can I be so neggy about a female role model in my life? Like, especially being the person who's come up with the topic. And I was going to give like the, I was trying to give a model answer and it wouldn't have been the honest answer. Mm. So I'm just going to go with it. Like for me, it's a it's honestly a mixed bag so what has she taught me she she's extremely resilient so she's definitely a role model in some respect because she faced so much adversity when she came to the UK at the age of 19 she got married at the age of 19 I can't even imagine um and then like by the time she's 25 I think she had the three of us 
like going back to your point about oh my god how mm. just how you creatures out of you I can't even think about it so there's a lot to look up to in that then my dad like moved us out of like I wouldn't say like a massively Asian area but there was an Asian community and he moved us out to a county in Norfolk where and East Anglia where there was just no one who spoke her language so she had no adult company to speak to in Punjabi she's not English speaking but she understands it but she's not confident and for me like she worked all the hours God sends for us three as well um in a whole county like with just us for company like we're her default option and a Bollywood TV for adult company so I kind of feel like she's definitely helped shape the resilience in me like I'm a strong character in that respect because of this secondhand experience and watching her but then also like it drove other behaviors in her and I, I don't mean to like psychoanalyze her because that's really unfair but she she can also be quite stubborn and strong-minded and that plays out in behaviors that I've picked up from her like that's that's like a really good skill set to have and kind of like I've just I don't know how I've just picked it up and it makes me realize that um like she used to cast me aside a lot like with her strong-mindedness of what's right and what's wrong and I think that's resulted in me spent a lot of my years I've spent not really caring for anyone's opinion of me and now I've changed and I want people's feedback and I don't feel like people are particularly comfortable to give me that feedback and I'm talking people who've been in my life for years sister my husband I don't think they feel particularly comfortable with it because I'm so good at drawing those lines um I'm, I'm waffling now, but I just, honestly, I just feel like there's so many positive layers, but there's some negatives there as well. Like she's narcissistic in some senses. And who wouldn't be? Like if you've given all of that out to people and you, you end up with a bit of an I deserve mentality when you come out the other end of it, mm-hmm. uh, which at points I've really felt is quite self-serving and I've been really judgy about it. But now I've just realized it's become a watch point in me because I've now feel like I've had a tough life and, I mimic that behavior of I deserve. Um, so that just feels like a therapy session. Sorry. Mm-hmm. That's what we're Not- here for. Yeah, exactly. But I, I think everyone has a different experience. But what I, what the question that I'd like to pose is, do you think there is a pressure to have a really great relationship with your mother? Because I feel like there is. I don't know about you guys. What do you think, Trish? I think that there is. And that's why when I was thinking of my response, I was trying to definitely think of the positives. But I think it's also because it's your mum. And sometimes you just take the positives for granted and you can only focus on the negatives. But Mm -hmm. when I took a step back and I was like, well, actually, she does do quite a lot and she's really supportive. And I don't know if it's me because I am a mum. And I think of how would I want Renee to think about our relationship? I'd want her to think we have a positive one. And I guess no one wants to be a bad mum and no child wants to think of their parent as a bad mum. So I guess it's two ways and that the pressure is as a parent, you don't want to be perceived as having a bad relationship. And as the kid, you also maybe you see your friends who've got really good close relationships mm-hmm. with their parents. So you kind of want to have that as well. So I think maybe I- the pressures are internal rather than external. But that's that's my view. I kind of feel, I think that's a really good question, Seabass, because every time Mother's Day comes round, and of course it comes round, now that we're on social media, how many times? Every country has it in a different month. Oh my God, And I, it makes me roll my eyes. I read stuff like, you know, these positive, your mum is everything, 
the pre- and and those messages really drive pressure because frankly at times I felt like my mum should be locked up and in prison <laughs> for some of the down. So and I'm not even exaggerating. And I think as a society, there's a view, there's almost a view that if you say that you've got a negative relationship with your mum, that there's something wrong with you mm. rather than you being honest and calling a thing a thing. I've even had somebody say to me, Oh, but so I listed off a bunch of things that are frankly illegal and would have you locked up today or back in the day. Uh, you know, like talking to a friend. And she was like, oh, but do you think you vilified your mum? And this is somebody, you know, who's had like the best possible upbringing in her family, just couldn't relate or have, you know. And and I took it as a criticism of me. And now looking back on that comment years back, I'm thinking, no, she, my friend just had no empathy. Mm. That doesn't mean that I was vilifying my mum. Just call a thing a thing. Mm-hmm. See, Bess, what about you? Like, you know, what's your relationship like with your mum? Have you, you know, do you receive valuable insights from from your mum? Yeah, I mean, Liz is great. Shout out to Liz. I don't, I don't think she's listening. But... <laughs> I thought I was the only one who calls the mum by their first name. <laughs> I got told off, like, by this, I, don't know, I think she used to be my babysitter. And basically she was, like, really religious and like I thought she was like high and mighty I remember on Facebook once she told me off for calling my mum Liz and I was like fuck who even are you anyway that was right (laughs) um yeah no I think growing up I think if we think about advice and like really poignant um like insights and advice that I've been given I would say it's actually come more from my dad rather than my mum not that my mum doesn't give me like useful information or advice or whatever when I look back when I was making you know big life decisions about you know going to university which one I should go to um looking for jobs or like big life events I look back and I can always remember what my dad said (laughs) but I don't remember my mum ever saying I think you should do this or I think you should do that and I think it's really interesting because if you think about like roles and like gender roles I think more so the advice has always come from my dad not that my mum hasn't been there she has always been there on the sidelines being a really great supporter of me um and you know she's a businesswoman she's got her own business she's an entrepreneur and she has worked so hard her whole life and I can't stress that enough and so much so that I I actually did my dissertation at university on female entrepreneurs and how different cultures can affect their um, successfulness and I dedicated it to her because she has like not stopped her whole life and worked so hard but we think about advice it's always come from my dad always every single time um so that's just my insight into that I don't know like if other people have that same experience hmm I don't feel like my mom ever gave me advice I actually think advice tends to come from my grandma or my nan who's my mom's mom I feel like the older generation normally have little sayings and wisdom and so any advice my mom gave me was normally a paraphrased quote of what she would tell my mom but I think my dad was probably definitely more involved in like the big life decisions like you said like helping me to go to uni and what I wanted to do in my career and things like that he's but I don't know if that is because he's actually opposite in terms of he's the one of my of my parents who's an entrepreneur so he runs his own business and he always tells me over and over like you know I never got educated past prime past primary school mm-hmm. so I think he stopped his education at like 10 in Jamaica and he's like look what I've made of myself like he's got his own business and he's, he is actually quite successful 
So I don't know if it's because of his accomplishments that maybe I would take more of the big strategic life advice from my dad. And then my mum would just be, I don't know, advice on cooking or something. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because, like, I, I've, I'm the same. My dad gave me, like, the golden nuggets of advice. Like, he seemed more worldwisely, but both of them were entrepreneurs. Like, they both put the same hours in and commitment in. But I think, like, now having raised Mitchell and Georgia, I feel like the female role is still very much taken for granted. So we take the soundboarding that we do with them, like we're just ranting. We're not necessarily looking to them for a solution. Mm. That stuff, someone else. And and it's that recognition that to stop and think, well, actually, if this person's soundboarding with me, they, they must be giving me some insights. I just wonder whether we have a blind spot to the advice that we are being given because we have a bias as females against females that we don't even look upon it as advice um i posted something a while back ask holes i came across it on somebody else's site and i loved it ask 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 for advice no plans to follow what we get and we tend to do that a lot in my opinion as females where we ask for advice we soundboard but we don't necessarily plan to act on it and and why should we i'm not saying we should but does that then what's the word i'm looking for devalue the insights and what we are getting from that person by default yeah I mean I think that's it isn't it like I, I if I actually really thought about it if I was actually maybe really listening to my mum and then actually perhaps there was all these like golden nuggets as you said Trish of advice that she was actually giving me but maybe I just I wasn't open to it and I wasn't listening to it and it's kind of sad actually to, to think about like that but yeah I think gender roles are definitely still like still happening for sure. Um, but let's do the let's play a little never would I ever. Are we ready? Yeah. All right. Yeah. What have you experienced from your mum that you would never repeat as a mum and why? <laughs> okay, I have two. One's a deep one, although I don't mean it in a horrible way. And one's like more light. So my deep one is, I try and go, or I try not to go more than one day without telling my daughter I love her. And I think growing up, I don't know if this is a Caribbean thing or just like, obviously my mum my was focused on raising us and that was it. Like, obviously there's food on the table, we're clothed, we went on holidays. But, and I know she loved me, but whether or not I heard it often, I can't remember, even if I think now, I can't remember the last time she would tell me that. And not that it's something I felt missing, but it's, I think as a kid, it can be quite reassuring and I'm quite strong on trying to raise my daughter to be, you know, really well-rounded, know herself, be really confident. So I, I would probably over-compliment her all the time. Like, if I feel bad about something, I'm very, like, I'll show it and I'll demonstrate it. And also at the same time, I'm very open with my emotions. So I'll cuddle her a lot. I'll give her a lot of affection. I'll tell her she's beautiful. And I think, not that it's a never have I ever, but it's something that I have told myself always as a parent that I'm always going to do with any of my children, like, Renee or any future ones because I never want them to have that feeling on the other side (laughs) I know my mom embarrassed me as a kid a lot a lot a lot a lot she would never buy me the things that were trendy and that everyone else had (laughs) so I have vowed that never have I ever I will send Renee to school like an own clothes day in some outfit that I know she hates I'll always let her express herself when we go shopping I try and let her have opinions so she can pick what clothes she wants, what trainers she wants, what hat it is, what bag, you know, she wants to take for her packed lunch kind of thing. 
I think I never ever want to be that embarrassing mum. That mum in the playground, you're just like, mm, so and so's <laughs> mum's coming. <laughs> I, Trish, I'm sorry. That's just reminding me about the comment that Seabus made about your number of ASOS parcels <laughs> and how no. you're like, I'm going to live this. None of them are for Renee, though. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it sounds like you're making up for something. You were never allowed to pick your stuff, and you're like, "That's probably true." You know, when I do pick, because oh, I can't even begin to tell you the stories. Like I remember, my mom came home. I remember it was me or my sister, and she bought a tracksuit, and she said it wasn't Nike. It's a nice, and she was like, "Isn't that what everyone's wearing?" It's like, no, I don't want to go to school in a nice tracksuit. I want a Nike one. Oh, I agree, Trish. I'm with you on the on the embarrassment front. So yeah, I'm just like I can't. I just can't do it. Bless you. Oh, I think I think mine would have to be. Um, it's not that deep, but never would I ever run after my child with a rolling pin in my hand. <laughs> I wouldn't run up after her with a rolling pin, and I wouldn't throw slippers up. I don't know how they did it. I do not know how they did it. Because when that slipper came flying, it was, it doesn't matter how soft the slipper was on her feet. You knew it was going to hurt. <laughs> and the speed, like defying gravity upwards as you run through the step. So downstairs, the kitchen ran through to the hallway, which went out the front door. Or you could do a sharp, like whatever degree turn and run up the stairs. And it, I had that down to a T. I always like there was some weird DNA in my head that remembered what I did last time so she's going to expect me to run up the stairs but I'm actually going to unlock the front door and go out the front yard and then she'd leave my ass out mm-hmm. there for long enough to know that you don't embarrass <laughs> us like that get back inside and take the damn slipper beating so for me I, I think it's an obvious one given legislation these <laughs> days but I don't think I'll be doing that anytime soon that's for sure so yeah, Seabus, any never would I ever's for you? Um, I think never would I ever over Molly coddle my child. Like my mum was, if if I didn't want to go to school, I would be like, mum, I don't really feel good. And she'd be like, oh, just have the day off. Don't worry about it. I had so many sick days. Honestly, my attendance was awful. I don't know how I made it through school. Um and but then actually thinking about it, it got as I got older, I realised I actually had to go to school <laughs> um, if I wanted to get a good job. So I learned it myself. But I think like even now, my mum wants to know where I am at all times. Like she has made me download an app on my phone so she can track where I am at all times. I'm not joking. I swear. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that might be oh, me because wow. I have anxiety. Just if I can't see Renee in the supermarket, I'm like, where the fuck is she? Even if she's just gone to the next aisle to get biscuits. I'm like, stay where I can see you. Okay? Yeah, but That's she's a child. That makes sense, Trish. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to ever change, though. <laughs> like, I think I probably need therapy on how I'm going to let this child breathe. <laughs> I'm like, how dare you be off somewhere without me? The next, the next one will fix that, Trish. <laughs> the next one will fix <laughs> that's, that's the strategy. Get another one in there, then that's you worry about the smaller one. Says. I better hurry up. <laughs> I would love that, by the way. Aww. Like, selfishly, our youngest fan on the podcast gurgling around in the background, adding Chinese words. You know, know toddlers do that. Like, they hear the adults speaking on the phone and they just start to get all snappy and involved. I would love that on our podcast. I'd be like, and our main girl or main little handsome man is on the podcast today. (laughs) Okay, I'm getting broody. I'm getting broody. I'm going to move on. So, 
the link between mothers and daughters, like I read that, you know, there's a huge amount of research that still says that regardless of gender, us all trying to move away from gender stereotypes, you know, with more men feeling like they can stay at home. So far, cross-cultural studies across cultures and geographies proves that there is a very strong and defined link between mothers and daughters, um, both in childhood, obviously, and then also in adulthood with the link on self-esteem. So if we don't have that kind of soundboard relationship, the supportive share ideas with type of relationship, or we don't feel like it's a safe space um, to connect with the parent, it can really affect your self-esteem. So I thought it was, you know, with Mental Health Week, I thought it was worthy of just sharing that because it's not, it's not saying, oh, well, if you've got, you know, low self-esteem, that's the reason. It's more about there's opportunity to explore that relationship if you get the chance to try and kind of explore it and work out why um you might have a like disconnected relationship with your mum and where it's like really positive just just to reinforce the fact that actually your mum can be a really good pick-me-up my mum was great for shopping I should really put that in there like ridiculous she could shop all day just like me I fucking love it so um so that's my little bit of food for thought on that one. Oh, I love that I guess we should end on a positive vibe. So my question to you guys is, if you could get away with it, what clap back or what would you say to your mum today that you wouldn't say to her face? I'm going to go with you, Charlotte. <laughs> I would say, Liz, <laughs> you were given two ears and one mouth. Let's remember this. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that's mine, Trish, what's yours? I'm going to be really bad and chicken out of this because my mum listens to this podcast. <laughs> no! <laughs> now yeah. I sound like an awful person. No, I bet your mum doesn't listen. <laughs> well, she can't listen to this one, that's for sure. I know. If there's a way we can just block our mums from this podcast, yeah. that'd be great. <laughs> I think I think my clap back to my mum would be, they don't always have to be round as long as they taste good. What am I talking I about? Know. Protein. Oh. <laughs> Protein. Indian mums and their daughters needing to be able to grow up and serve the most roundest, bestest possible rotis. They don't need to be round. They just need to fluff up and they taste good. And I just, I would love, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even scream it in her face today. I couldn't. (laughs) So on, on that notion of food, next time we talk, I was thinking, how dare we? I've said this before and I'm saying it again, so I'm committing us. How dare we be in 10 weeks of lockdown and not talk about lockdown food specials and what we've been up to on the food front? Oh, my God, I've done so much. <laughs> so I feel like next week, like we need to dedicate the session to talking about what we've been up to either on the baking front or now that we at times have a little bit more time to focus on what we want to be eating whether that's healthier or just recipes that we've not got around to doing um but also like with that sharing our space in lockdown more than we've ever done with others uh, (laughs) that needs a mention it was that it was uh, i think it was me it was (laughs) don't get me started (laughs) i think we need to block the next podcast as well man so i can have a proper rant (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we could we could sneak it into the outtakes if they don't go that far so, um so I think that's a wrap without wanting to uh you know make it a pun with the whole food thing um what do you guys think an amazing pun what a way to end the podcast <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for listening um as usual don't forget to follow us on instagram on the she page and awfully good waffle 
which you can follow on Spotify or on our website, www.shehasexpression.com. The link's on our Insta bio as well. And don't forget to share with your friends and family if you like what you hear. Um, the usual stuff. We'll say our goodbyes and we'll go on to the outtake. Bye. Bye. And um, guys, I didn't swear in that one. <gasps> well, you're still recording, my love. Now. So, <laughs> see you, motherfuckers. <laughs> Bye. <See ya. laughs> Hello. Hey, ladies. How are you? I'm good. I should give you guys a disclaimer. I'm half naked. <laughs> what are you doing? Can I ask that? Is that okay? Because it's hot. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I wish you're like a vest and shorts. I'm, I'm so hot and I've had to close my window as well because I live yeah. on like main road and it's so noisy. I know. I'm just in my like... garden is too much. So I was like, okay, if I'm going to close all the windows and like barricade myself in, some layers of clothing have got to go. I won't tell you guys which ones are gone, but. <laughs> and I don't have any wine. Oh, I don't know if I'm okay. It's the honest <laughs> <top. laughs> No. Oh, I haven't been outside. I can't cope with the heat. It's really hot. I just sat in the garden for the last hour and I was like, who was that kid in? I came back inside. <laughs> Do you guys, does it take the, because um, when I sit in the sun, it takes it out of me. Like, I'm so ready for a nap. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought it was me. I was like, I'm not a sun baby. Now I know why my parents never took me back to India in the summertime. <laughs> I do enjoy the sun, but I need to be, like, by a pool, by a beach. Yeah. Like, sitting in a really busy London park is not mm. the vibe that I want. <laughs> I was like, well, swing some back, you know. Yeah. When you said he had the smallest, I was thinking, what did he have? And that speeders, I was like, oh. <laughs> That's when you want to use that phrase. This is an A B conversation. You need to. Yeah. <laughs> that should do me fine, actually. Ah, oh, cool. Right, are we ready? No. Can I just say shout out to all our porn star followers on that, please? Oh. <laughs> Oh I just wanted to get that, that in. earlier, and I was like, "What? What is going on?" I don't know, but these people at PussySomething.com they love the podcast. <laughs> so, Lacey and Amy are both real fans. They're also hookers by the looks of the link. So, yeah, so I got a notification from Anchor saying that Lacey and Amy have favorited your podcast. I was like, yeah, oh, nice. And then, but I didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, maybe it's like, I don't know, whatever. But what? So they're. So if you click, don't, don't click in because I've blocked them now. <laughs> First it was Amy. And they were like, oh, do you know what it is? Seabus must have run into our Amy. And maybe Amy started following us. And then I was like, that's very specific to download an anchor app to follow us. So that's a huge commitment unless she's got her own podcast going on. And then I was like, oh, cool. Okay. And then Lacey came on the scene and I, li- I was like, Lacey is not. <laughs> no, no, I'm not falling for this. And yeah, there they are. They're, they're, they're loving us. And I'm guessing they're hoping to pick up some business <laughs> as well. I don't what know kind what kind of messages are we giving out on the pod? <laughs> I wonder who it's going to be next. They've sent us Amy and Lacey so far. They haven't tempted us into clicking on the link. Who's next? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so shout out to our porn star fans for sure. Our favorite drink, porn star martinis. Yeah. So I'm oh, gonna kind of run with it. 
Oh my god, a pause down martini, I can't. <laughs> my mouth gonna... is salivating. <laughs> Literally when we started this, do you remember we were like, yeah, when this is done, we're gonna meet up and we're gonna have drinks and record our podcast. It's been ten weeks. Yeah. No. Has it been that long? I am so losing track of the days and weeks. What it's been ten it? weeks of lockdown and six no. weeks of So Oh my god, yeah. I... Okay. Alrighty, Seabacks is back in the house, so without further ado, um, I'm just going to give it a pause, like, just so I can break up the audio for the outtakes and bits, so. La la la. Let's all scratch our bums, whatever we need to. <laughs> I literally just did that, I've got no shame. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's get into position. I'm literally lying on my front like I'm at the beach, but I'm not at the beach, so. 